Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we discuss, educate and talk about industry news and hot topics, company reviews and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International. With a career covering nearly two decades, Mining International partners with new and junior miners and larger predominant players in the market. With no further ado, here is your host, Rob Tyson. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Michael Dorenzo, who's the executive director of the Silver Institute, who are a non-profit international association that draws its membership from across the breadth of the silver industry. Um, established in 1971, the Institute serves as the industry's voice in increasing public understanding of the many uses and values of silver. So basically everything around silver and silver market. Um, Michael's been a long-standing member of the Silver Institute um, and he's coming onto the podcast uh, to tell us more about the uh, about silver and about the silver market. So that's um, welcome Michael to the, to the podcast. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Rob. I appreciate this opportunity to talk about the shiny white metal we like to call silver. Um, and we also call it the indispensable metal as well. Yes. You gave a great introduction to what the Institute is yes. um, when we were established. You know, 71, that means we're celebrating our 50th year in existence uh, this year, 2021. And, you know, it started off basically as a technical association. It would put out reports on photography, brazing and alloys, and then it developed over the years to a market development association, much in the same way you see the platinum folks in the World Gold Council as they are today. So we speak exclusively to silver. We put out reports on the market. Um, Our World Silver Survey is considered by many to be the flagship uh, uh, publication, not only from us, but the the real solid sole source of information on the silver market. We also put out uh, a bi-monthly newsletter called Silver News. Um, and we do a lot of special reports throughout the year. Just a few weeks ago, we put out a market trend report on silver and printed and flexible electronics. We've done them on solar energy, silver and automobiles. Um, we've got a few more coming down the pike uh, this year. And, uh, you know, we're involved in programs around the world that uh, um, uh, are important to silver. For example, we have a Chinese market development program. China is now the third largest mining country in the world for silver. And for 20 years, we've been on the ground um, in China, helping to uh, build a, a more um, stronger uh, domestic market. And uh, we do other things as well. So we do program work. We also do a lot of work uh, in getting information to the market participants. Okay. Um, I wonder if you can tell, us, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and your and your background. Obviously, I know you've been with the Institute for, for a number of years now. I'm um, just wondering what you did prior to to joining the Institute and obviously your time during the, the, the time since you've actually joined the Institute. Sure. So uh, I came to the Washington, D.C. area after graduating from college and I went to uh, work on Capitol Hill 
for a member of Congress uh, from my area in California. And after about seven years there, I went to work as a lobbyist downtown for a, a major automobile company. And then shortly thereafter, I came to the, the Silver Institute and um, have been here ever since and I really enjoy the work. Okay. Um, so I wondered if you can just uh, tell us the actual purpose and mission and goals of the uh, Silver Institute. Well, sure. So we want to encourage the development and new uses of silver and silver products. And we want to help, obviously, develop markets for silver and its products. Uh, we've also have sponsored research in the past uh, related to the present and prospective uses of silver. And as I mentioned earlier, we collect and publish uh, data and statistics um, about production, distribution, marketing, consumption, and all the uses of silver and silver-based products. Okay. Um, going on to, I suppose, more sort of present day, present day at the moment, um, obviously last, since uh, last year, obviously silver, like many industries, struggled um, as a result, obviously, the, of the uh, global pandemic. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, the market in 2020? Sure. As you mentioned, it was a challenging year for, 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 for the globe, for everybody. Um, and silver was no different. Um, supply was lower. We had a 6% contraction in mine production. We had a 7% increase in silver scrap supply coming to the market in 2020. And uh, so global silver demand dipped by you know, 10% and due overwhelmingly to the pandemic and its direct impact on economic activity and in turn, many silver end uses. So mine production actually recorded its fourth consecutive annual decline and output from primary mines fell by almost 12%. And this was really caused by the temporary mine closures in several major silver producing countries, all again due to the pandemic. Demand fell by only about 5% last year, but we saw some regional performances um, were a little better in North America, Taiwan, and Japan. But on a sector basis, global uh, photovoltaic uh, demand increased about uh, 2%, but jewelry and silverware took heavy hits, um, all related to the closing of retail stores um, and factories, which all affected the supply chain. Um, one of the real bright spots last year, though, was uh, institutional and retail investor demand for silver. And it was fueled initially by the onset of the pandemic with the lower silver prices and an unprecedented wave of quantitative easing and fiscal stimulus, which really uh, led to a sizable investment um, for silver last year. So if you just take ETPs, exchange-traded products, I mean, they grew by a remarkable 331 million ounces in uh, 2020. And if you look at physical demand, which is demand for bars and coins, that grew by 8% uh, last year. And we do believe that physical investment would have been even stronger had it not been for these supply chain uh, disruptions as well as uh, the higher premiums that were placed on coins throughout the world. Uh, exchanges, uh, the COMEX, the Shanghai Futures Exchange, all had uh, very strong years last year. 
And the average silver price was uh, $20.55, which was up 27% from 2019. So, you know, it was also interesting to look at the gold and silver ratio last year. Uh, It peaked at about 127 in March and uh, came down quite substantially uh, later in the year. Um, So it ended the year at 72. Um, And we all know what that ratio is, is how many ounces of silver does it take to get an an, an ounce of gold? So it was an interesting year for silver indeed. It was an for everybody. Yes, certainly. Um, you mentioned it's been the fourth consecutive decline, uh, fourth year of dese- um, consecutive decline. Does that mean there is a shortage of silver in the market, whether it's for um, industrial uses or whether it's for more um, for personal consumption, for instance? A lot, a lot of a lot of the demand is met by the supply of above ground stocks. Okay, so if there's a shortage or a deficit with respect to mine supply coming to the market and greater demand, that is typically met by um, the um, the stocks of silver that are above ground at present. But you know, this year we think it's going to be even better. It'll be a better year for for our silver mining companies um, since COVID is uh, 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 coming. Um, well, I don't want to say to an end because there certainly isn't. But in many of these countries where they mine silver, uh, these mines are fully operational and functioning today. Yeah. So we think there's going to be an increase. Yeah. And what are your projections for the silver supply for the uh, remainder of the year? We think that um, on the supply side, that mine production is going to raise, rise, I should say, about 8%. Okay. Um, And uh, overall supply, including recycling, um, will also um, reach the 8% uh, level. So it's going to be an interesting year. We do hear stories of there's been some issues with strikes and so forth and down south um, in some of these countries. So, you know, don't hold us to that number. Um, these numbers are typically uh, put together for us by the independent consulting firm uh, Metals Focus. And th- these are their thoughts, which... I'm sharing with you today. Yeah. Um, where does the bulk of the silver recycling come from? Um, it comes from the industrial uses, and primarily it comes from silver's use in ethylene oxide. Okay. 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 Yeah. Used to produce plastics and polyester and so forth. Right. Um, also, obviously, early this year, there was the, the silver squeeze. I just wondered if you can um, explain a little bit more about that. Um, it obviously from uh, from the institute's perspective yeah that was an interesting phenomena and it, it was something that really sort of emboldened um many silver investors who really weren't in the game before this and they're playing and they're in the market very strongly today so if you look at late january and early february we had a you know a rather short-lived but aggressive spurt of price volatility and it broke over $30 at one point, and we hadn't seen that since 2013. It was primarily triggered uh, by comments on social media platforms, um, initially and notably uh, the Reddit uh, silver squeeze uh, um, hashtag. 
And uh, they call for a coordinated retail investor effort to buy silver and force its price higher. And um, so they're arguing that there was a systematic shorting of silver by major financial institutions, um, which created an opportunity to trigger a short squeeze. Um, and this, you know, crucially happened right around the time when the controversies were surrounding the GameStop short squeeze, resulting um, attention by markets at their peak. So it really caused a, a rush of silver investment activity um, across all arenas, both retail and institutional. We had massive inflows, inflows into silver ETPs um, and an explosion of ETP and futures trading volumes um, and anecdotal evidence of shortages of retail physical products all emerged over the next few days. And quite frankly, um, that continues on today. Uh, it's very difficult to get your hands on silver coins. Um, I would like to say coins of the realm. Um, for the United States, it's the American Silver Eagle. Uh, there's a long wait period. Uh, there's a higher premium, of course. And quite frankly, the, the manufacturing side of getting the blanks to the production facilities, the mints to produce these uh, blanks for the U.S. Mint um, are still woefully behind. So look, at, uh, it's, it, it was an interesting phenomenon. Uh, the price did spike up over 30. Um, we are very um, pleased to see that it did create a whole new wave of um, fresh eyes on the silver investment market. Yeah. Um, what is the lead time uh, waiting for delivery on silver? Um, and do you think that will shorten uh, over the course of the year? Or would you think it could stay as, I, as long? You know, I'm just going to use the United States as an example. And just talking about the, the Silver Eagle coin. Um, we have a dual issue now facing this because the mint has changing the design of the Eagle. So that has created um, a backlog. I don't know the specific time frame with respect to ordering and so forth. I do read uh, quite extensively that this issue is uh, prevalent throughout not only just on the um, American Silver Eagle, but also commemorative coins, um, silver bars, and so forth. Uh, it's, it's, it's been difficult for silver investors to get their hands on the product they want to purchase. Okay. Um, what is the demand for silver likely to be during the rest of the uh, rest of this def uh, decade? And um, will supply keep up with the, uh, with the with the demand, especially with um, obviously a lot of the governments looking at a lot of um, uh, turn obviously turning into the green economy. What and obviously silver is needed a lot for a lot of the governments. Um, what they're looking to achieve. What do you think um, there is enough silver supply um, to keep up with demand? Well, we'll just have to see. Demand is growing. Um, supply has been stagnant, as I mentioned earlier. Um, we'll just have to see. But in terms of silver demand uh, for 2021, we look at uh, the reopening of economies and uh, the acceleration of vaccinations in many industrialized countries uh, to be a great thing for silver. And when you look at institutions like the IMF projecting a 6% global GDP growth, um, we think that's uh, gonna benefit silver. 
we really think that uh, industrial fabrication is going to grow by about 8% to a record annual total in, in this year. And that'll be led by the electrical and electronic uh, And it's really predicted on with that sector on increased uh, vehicle manufacturing, strong consumer um, electronic demand, and further gains from the solar sector. And we also think that jewelry and silverware are going to enjoy uh, double-digit increases in 2021, but that's coming off of a relatively poor performance in uh, 2020. And again, on the investment side this year, we think silver investment is going to have another strong year. As I mentioned earlier, demand for silver coins and bars is, is, is very strong, and we think it will post all-time highs uh, this year. And while ETP inflows are likely uh, uh, to fall short of last year's record performance, we think they should remain historically high. Okay. Um, obviously, we hear a lot about silver's role in the, the green, green metal, um, especially in its use of solar energy. Um, how has this application evolved over the years? Sure. It's just interesting to note that we never even really looked at silver's use in PVs until 2011. Um, so 10, 11 years ago is when we started examining silver's use in this sector. But, you know, optimism towards silver's green energy demand prospects remains strong, and it remains strong quite globally. We like to think of silver as one of the decarbonization metals. Um, and when you combine that with efforts to reduce fossil fuel reliance, legislation to lower carbon emissions, and favorable government tax policies, we think that's going to result in a continued expansion of solar panel installations over the next decade. So, for example, if you look at the state of California, um, today it mandates that new residential homes be built uh, um, that include a solar electricity system. And um, over the last decade, PV photovoltaic cells have become a leading option in the field of renewable energy due to both significant cost reductions and the above mentioned uh, support of policy measures. So like I mentioned in 2011, when we first started tracking silver's use in PV, it was about 60 million ounces of silver in this one application. And uh, last year it was 101 million ounces. And we project that it will be 105 million ounces in 2021. Okay. Um, and silver, what, what else is silver used for in, I suppose, in industry that people may not know silver, silver is actually used for? I mean, obviously, there might be silver in solar panels, as you mentioned, um, maybe phones. What other, what other instruments, items is, sil is silver in that probably most people are not aware of? So it, it is in virtually all of your electrical and electronic um, um, devices. So if it has an on and off switch, more likely, um, I mean, really more than likely, almost 99%, it contains silver. And that is because silver is the most conductive metal, um, especially within the precious metals arena. But it is, it is all through um, your cell phones, um, your computers, uh, your laptops, uh, your lighting systems. And um, just about everything, your tablets, uh, your refrigerators, it's, 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 
it, it is really a mainstay in the electro, electronic and electrical uh, uh, industries. And one of the growing areas right now is silver's use in automobiles. And um, many countries are mandating, as, as I mentioned earlier, um, on the PV side, uh, solar mandates. But now they're also looking at uh, vehicle, clean fuel vehicle legislation targets. And manufacturers are, are looking to uh, adapt to those new, new mandates. So if I could, uh, silver's use is, is used extensively in a vehicle. Um, the, the vehicle control units that manage a wide variety of functions um, in the engine and main cabin all rely on silver. So that would be your infotainment system, your navigation systems, electric power steering, and vital safety features, such as your airbag deployment systems, um, automatic braking, uh, security, and driver alertness systems. So it's interesting to note that as we start this transition from internal combustion engines um, uh, to hybrid vehicles, which have been on the market for quite some time, to the growing expansion and delivery of battery electric vehicles. And then when you look further down the road to autonomous driving, uh, we think that will all be a positive uh, 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 for silver demand in the automotive industry. And it, 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 yeah, and in terms of, I'll just give you a number here. Uh, we projected that it will be about 64 million ounces of silver this year used in all the in, in automotives, and that that number will probably grow to 88, maybe even 90 million ounces by 2025, rivaling, essentially, silver's use in photovoltaics. Okay. And do you have any other figures around the amount of silver needed across all the other industries um, as, as obviously uh, this decade picks up? Well, I look at it, it, it. Electrical and electronics is the main the main area, okay? And we forecast that that's going to grow this year. I can give you an exact figure right now. Just bear with me one second. It's interesting that, um, yeah, we think that industrial demand is going to grow by 8%. You know, photography is obviously going to decrease. Jewelry will increase. Silver will uh, increase. But I encourage you readers to look at the World Silver Survey. We have a pretty good breakdown of, of uh, uh, those applications. I just don't know the numbers off offhand, but we do forecast a really strong year for industrial fabrication. Speaking of that report, you can download that from our website, no cost, at silverinstitute.org. And we also have a library of all of our past surveys online as well. Yes, yeah, certainly we can include those in the show notes um, accompanying this podcast. Um, you mentioned the COMEX earlier. I wondered if you can give our audience who may not know much about the silver market, um, what the COMEX is and what the role, what role do they play within the industry? Well, the COMEX plays an essential role um, within, within um, all, all metals, essentially. And, 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 you know, you look at the, uh, its counterpart in Chicago, agricultural products and so forth. Um, the COMEX, uh, uh, which I have toured in the past, back in the day when it had open outcry trading, uh, is it plays an important role in not only in the futures um, arena for silver, but also in putting out reports on the markets and so forth. And um, we have a close relationship with uh, the CME group that that 
you know, manages and operates the Colmex. Okay. Um, and a conclusion, um, what's the outlook for Silver um, and also the Silver Institute? Uh, so, we, like I mentioned earlier, we think that in the, the, the 2021 is going to be a great year for Silver. We think that all demand sectors will increase this year. Um, we think that silver investment will increase, jewelry demand will increase. We believe that silverware as well will increase. And then as I also mentioned earlier, that mine supply is forecast to increase by uh, 8%. Um, we think the silver price is going to rise to roughly $32 or so this year. And that it'll average around $27, $27.50 or $28. And if it was just at those numbers, it would represent a 33% increase over 2020's average silver price. So we think it's going to be a good year. In terms of the Silver Institute, we plan to plug ahead and talking about all things silver. As I mentioned earlier, we have a couple more reports coming out this year. We're going to continue to uh, participate in events such as this. Um, and get the word of silver out to a, as wide an audience as possible. Yeah, certainly. Really appreciate your time, Michael, in uh, give us, uh, giving our audience a uh, rundown of silver, silver the, about the Silver Institute as well. If any of our audience wants to reach out to you, wants to find some more information, obviously you mentioned uh, the report as well, the recent report, um, how can they go about contacting you and are you on any social media? We are, we are on Twitter, and that's at Silver Institute. Uh, our website is silverinstitute.org, and those are the best ways to, uh, to communicate. And, and if you have questions on the market, we'd be happy to address those. Yeah, no worries. Like I said, we, we include some of uh, uh, all that information in the uh, show notes accompanying this podcast as well. Um, so those that are listening, appreciate if you can um, share share this episode with and pass it on to friends, family, other people, not necessarily even in the mining industry, can be outside of the mining industry because silver is something that is all used by all or many, many, or I can say all of us um, in one form or another, whether it's in jewellery that we have, items that we use like phones, computers, um, but also um, precious metals for financial for financial um, reasons. So appreciate if you can share and like this um, on the podcast. Guys that are listening, appreciate, uh, or sorry, watching uh, on the YouTube channel, appreciate if you can like and share this uh, amongst your friends and family and community. So Michael, really appreciate your time again. Thank you for giving us an update on the, the, the Silver Institute. Um, and maybe we can uh, have a chat next year um, with, a, with an update. You got it. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for listening, and until next time, happy mining. Thanks for listening to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. If there are any topics you want discussed or questions you want to ask any guests, then you can email us at rob at mining-international.org or you can follow Rob and Mining International on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube for more content and to have your questions answered. Until next time, happy mining.